Welcome back to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Illinois with the big victory over Minnesota. Just taking those Golden Gophers and pushing them right back out of Champaign. <laughs> Number 24, Illinois, their first-ranked game in more than a decade, 11 years. And uh, you can tell that they wanted this one from Brett Bielema's postgame comments from the way that they played. We're going to break it all down. I'm Andy Olson, joined by Bryce Bements. No Brett Barons today. He was at the game just enjoying it as a spectator, so uh, he cannot join us on the podcast, but we'll try and make up for it. Uh, Just the two of us, Bryce, there's so many ways that we can start with this one. Uh, I guess I'll start with the score. 26-14, Illinois gets the win. We thought it was going to be a defensive battle going into this one. It was in some aspects. Jeremy Warner and I talked in the pregame show about this one being one in the trenches. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, the talented running back from Minnesota, uh, I think we all knew was going to be a factor going into this one. Of course, you have Chase Brown on the Illini sideline. Each of the running backs, of course, was a big factor in this one. But in the end, it was Illinois and time of possession being the key. They had over 40 minutes of it. That was the difference in this one and why they're out to a 3-1 and one start in conference. That was a crazy statistic to see. I remember watching the game, and I was like, wow, I feel like Illinois has had the ball here for mm-hmm. a, a while. And I was like thinking about that. And then I heard that stat kind of come out later, and I was like, okay, well, that makes total sense. They've had the ball for eight minutes. I think that was the second quarter. Yeah. And I was like, the, they had it for like over eight minutes in the second. The final eight minutes of yeah. the first or the second quarter was, I mean, was just Illinois. I wild. I mean, and that's awesome that they had that possession. And I, a big thing I noticed too was uh, Barry Lunny Jr., the offensive coordinator for Illinois. He kind of slowed down the tempo for once. He was talked about this whole fast-paced tempo, and then he'd slow it down, and then randomly have it going quick again. And I think it threw Minnesota off a little bit too, and I think it threw off their defense. But as you mentioned, obviously a little bit of a running back game with Chase Brown, obviously getting over a hundred yards once again. Um, Eight games then, straight. Yeah, wild. And then Mo Ibrahim with Minnesota. Um, I think he's reached over 100 for 14 games straight. I think he leads the nation with that statistic, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, yeah, but obviously he did really well. Chase Brown did really well. But Illinois still able to capitalize with 26 with Tommy DeVito. I mean, I think I could talk about him for a while. He did really well today, oh, especially yeah. coming off an injury. I, don't, I, don't, like, I wasn't sure what to expect from him, tw- throwing 25 for 32, 252 yards. He was just ready to go today, and he got a touchdown as well. Yeah, Illinois, uh, I believe, if it's not exact, then it's very close. I believe doubled the time of possession over Minnesota in each quarter. Uh, They were somewhere in in each quarter, first, second, third, fourth, had around nine to ten minutes, which would be double than Minnesota's four or five minutes of possession. They had four drives of 15 plays or more. They go 15, 19, 15, uh, and 14. Sorry, 14 uh, plays or more. Each one of those, though, ended in a field goal. Their two touchdowns on the day came from shorter drives, uh, and we'll get into that uh, a bit later as well. Uh, As we continue with the quick hitters as we're getting started here, Bryce, Tommy DeVito, like you mentioned, does play. It was a mystery coming into the game whether or not he was going to 
uh, even suit up. Uh, I think a lot of us thought Art Sitkowski had a good chance to see a lot of time in this one. But as it turns out, behind the scenes, as Bielema and DeVito told us after the game, uh, that wasn't necessarily the case. Tommy knew he was going to play from the moment he got injured this past Saturday. Which I love that mentality from him for being like, hey, I'm not that injured. Or maybe he, I don't know how badly he was hurting, but he wrapped up his ankle or whatever he did. And I like that mentality. And I think that's kind of that. That's the mentality that Illinois has right now is that, I mean, they had a couple guys that went out and obviously they made sure that they were okay and they were able to play, obviously. They made sure, but like Isaiah Williams, um, and he had a great game. He came out and had a great mm-hmm. game and he went out uh, against Iowa I think with a concussion and obviously they made sure he's okay. But, and there are a couple other guys, Taz Nicholson on defense yep. who was supposed to be hurt and he came back. And I just think that's kind of their mentality a little bit. Obviously, again, they probably made sure that they were allowed and, you know, okay to play. But I think that's just the mentality that Illinois is like, no, I want to be on the field and I want to play this game and I want to win. And I think that kind of shows like how they're playing and that mentality that Tommy DeVito has. And it, goes into the game and you can see like they're rallying behind and everyone is just like I the energy is crazy for this team right now and you can see it and you said the post game Bielma was talking about it I have to think that he messed with us a little bit on Thursday because he made it sound like it was going to be a game time decision and they knew behind the scenes the whole time I did a story on it on Thursday that it's a game time decision potentially but um but yeah obviously great to see Tommy DeVito out there I thought he played a great game Something else to uh, look at as well. well. We'll take a little quick look at the defense here. Uh, on the day, Minnesota passing yardage, 38 yards. Tanner Morgan, who is a sixth-year guy, uh, he did redshirt his first season, so he's only been playing for five years. Uh, he's been to Champaign twice before. Minnesota won both of those games. Uh, and uh, not a great game for him. And you'd think coming off a bye that – the Gophers would be looking a little bit better than this. There are two touchdowns. Uh, it came from a, a drive where they had marched down the field. They got helped by a PA, PI call uh, earlier in the drive. Tanner Morgan himself actually ran the ball in when they got to the goal line. That's the first touchdown that Illinois has allowed at Memorial Stadium this year. And then right out of halftime in the third quarter, uh, a really long kickoff return all the way to the five-yard line, the first play from scrimmage. Mo Ibrahim uh, able to knock it in. Uh, like you said, he had over 100 yards in this one, so there's really no stopping him. Just look, maybe slow him down a little bit, and I think Illinois did an okay job of that. But the passing yardage, man, and even when T- or Tanner Morgan came out of the game, Ethan Kaliak Manis, I'm saying that right, <laughs> he went to my rival high school. Not a huge oh. fans in uh, the Olsen household. Okay. Uh, we're Lakes fans, not Antioch fans. Okay. Uh, but Ethan struggled when he came into the game. Two of six, two interceptions, only 17 yards. He played for um, just the final quarter of this one. And uh, Bryce, it just goes to show, as we've seen all year, this defense matches up against anyone. There's no talk anymore of that, oh, they just did it to Chattanooga. They just did it to Virginia. They're doing it against really tough Big Ten opponents now and a, a team in Minnesota, which, you know, they are not your, your elite offense. They're not Iowa's offense either. They're a capable offense, and you hold them to 38 yards passing on the day. I, I don't know if there's if there's a team out there right now who you would not prefer Illinois' defense over. And that's why Illinois defense is nationally ranked at the moment because they are doing so. Then they're – 
Like, I thought Mo Ibrahim was going to have a bigger game than he did. He obviously still did really well, but mm-hmm. I just thought that he was going to be a bigger threat. I thought there was going to be a lot more threats coming from Minnesota, but Illinois just shut them down. I mean, Gabe Ackes, the true freshman, mm-hmm. with six tackles, one sack. I mean, and just Sidney Brown. There was three interceptions, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, and Kendall, Kendall Smith. Smith. I mean, they're just gnats out there, and it's mm-hmm. they're just putting on so much pressure to the quarterback, Tanner Morgan, and obviously – and. uh yeah, they're just putting on a bunch of pressure, I think, and it's just they're just impressive to watch. It's crazy to see. And yeah, I don't know. They're just they're doing good. They're just a good defense right now. And like I think you made a good point of saying, you know, when they played Chattanooga, people were like, Oh, well, you know, it's cause they played Chattanooga and like you made mm-hmm. a good point with that and they were like people kind of kept dismissing it a little bit, but it's they're showing what you they can do. You anymore. can't dismiss it anymore. Mm-hmm. When you're beating Minnesota Wisconsin, Iowa, all these teams now, like there's no dismissing it. You're you're having a, you have a good defense. It's first time they've beaten those three teams in one season since 1983. Uh, last week was 1989. Iowa and Wisconsin, you had Minnesota on there. You get six more years tacked on. Uh, taking a look individually at the defense, Akis led the team in tackles, actually, which you would not expect out of your outside linebacker, edge rusher. But the true freshman getting it done, he does have a sack in this one, as well as Johnny Newton. Uh, I believe he's up to f- uh, four on the season. Uh, still leading the team in tackles is Newton, which you would never expect out of uh, one of your front four members. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show, and you know, it, it's I think it's impossible to say what's helping what if the the front four is so dominant that it's helping the secondary be able to uh, you know not have to hold their routes for too long or if it's the secondary that's so dominant that it's allowing the front four to to get home I don't think you can say which one it is but uh, the the front four of Newton Randolph Avery the outside linebackers either Akis or Coleman time and time again and even though there's you know Ibrahim had 120 yards, man, they are the heartbeat and soul of the defense right now. And one thing I think is interesting, too, I feel like every after every game, someone has a great game. Like, it's there's never it's someone. It's always someone. I'm like, I remember one game. I was like, oh, Seth Coleman had a really great game today. Now, the, Gabe Ackes, well, I think we've mentioned Gabe Ackes a couple times. He's he's kind of keeps going up there. true freshman, yeah. I mean, wild, but... I mean, the one time it was Keith having a great game. Then it was Johnny Newton. So it, it just keeps changing, like, who is just popping off. And it's awesome to see for Illinois fans that, you know, someone can step up into that next role if someone, you know, someone. there's always just someone just popping off on this defense. Uh, here's another fun stat for you as we switch over back to the Illinois offense. Uh, Chase Brown had 44 touches in this one. That's 41 rushes, which – We'll also get to uh, three receptions on the day as well. Uh, Minnesota, as a team, ran 42 plays. Chase Brown had more touches than Minnesota had run plays. I saw that. That's crazy. It seems impossible. It seems like something that you couldn't even make up. But it's true. I mean, Illinois, it just goes back to the time of possession. We're just dominating and wearing out the... Minnesota defense in this one. Uh, let's key in on Chase Brown here. 180 yards. He's over 1,000 yards uh, on the season, which is the fastest in program history that someone has gotten to 1,000 yards. He's done it in seven games, which means he has uh, he's be coming for that Michael LaShore 
most rushing yards in a season record. Uh, I believe that's up at 1,800 yards. So I'm sure he has his sights set on that. Uh, He also now moves into sixth place on the all-time career rushing yard list, passing legends such as Pierre Thomas, New Orleans Saints legend, Richard Mendenhall, 2007 Rose Bowl team legend. Like These are guys that are legendary around the program that he's passing up now, which it goes to show what a special season he's having and just what a special career he's had in just a short amount of time here uh, at Illinois. This is really only his third year being able to play and contribute on the team. And I heard uh, I, you got to talk to him in person after the game. I was heading to a high school game, and mm-hmm. so I was listening to the post game in my car. And one neat thing about Chase Brown that he said when they asked him about that is that he was like, yeah, I'm not looking at the stats. Uh, I'm just focused on winning each game. Like, I just want to win for my team. Like, I'm not even looking at the stats. Like, that's cool and all, but that's not even what I'm focusing on. And so I think that's kind of the mentality of this team right now is that they're not – and I think that's why they're doing well. It's not like Chase Brown's like, me, 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 and you can't give him the ball. Give it to him Mm because he's doing well. But it's just that mentality of, you know, he's just not even focused on that, and he's – putting up amazing numbers right now and it's just crazy to see and like obviously we've said it before you know we're not going to see him next year in college ball he should be in the NFL for sure but I I was talking with Robert Rosenthal after the game as well and he was talking about you know is he going to be up for a Heisman you know will we Mm -hmm. see him there so I think it's all a bunch of ifs if he continues at this route that he's going I think that he could definitely be an all-star, you know, especially at the end of the season. I'm curious, like, what he's going to be like, you know, yeah. and just see what numbers and stats he puts up. He's going to be up for all the awards if yeah. he keeps going. And I know it's really hard to win a Heisman as a running back. Yeah. It's always going to be about the QBs and things like that. Yeah. But to even be in consideration for something like that is beyond the wildest dreams of of anyone, I believe, who watches Illinois football at the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, Chase Brown, just outstanding stuff for him so far this year. Would be a lot of fun to see him at the ceremony in mm-hmm. in New York. That should be interesting. I believe that is the Robert and I, this is just from our conversations, I believe it is the weekend of uh, Illinois being at Madison Square Garden oh, okay. uh, against Texas. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. If they're both in New York at the time. It, 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 could, it could happen like that. He does yeah. have to finish out the final five games pretty strongly to be in consideration, but uh, it's not just Illinois fans or Illinois reporters bringing it up. It's a national thing now where mm-hmm. people are bringing up his name in Heisman conversation. Uh, receivers having a good day as well. Isaiah Williams, a bounce-back game, 62 yards in this one on nine receptions. Pat Bryant had 58 Brian Hightower with 55, Chase Brown 53, 40 of those coming on the first touchdown in this game. Four different receivers over 50 yards in this one. Incredible stuff. Ball getting, getting spread around in Barry Lunny's offense this year. And he's starting to get into his bag a little bit. There were some trick plays today, uh, which is really fun to see. Uh, you could kind of tell that the first few games, we'll say four or so games, five games maybe, uh, he, he was holding back. A little yeah. bit, which which is fine. They won those games. So besides Indiana, uh, I mean, did better than I think anyone had anticipated them to do in those games. Uh, but it's it, I don't know what he's going to pull out next. It feels like the sky's the limit with what he's what he's shown on offense. I mean, there is the play where DeVito and Brown are in shotgun, and then they just shift over, and it gets directly snapped to Chase Brown. Like, 
We're going to see some crazy stuff possibly in the offense the final five games of the year, which should be interesting. It's so cool. I almost feel like he's just been hiding it. Like he's he like, has. He's like, I'm going to show people for the first, you know, five games, you know, just going to show them like this kind of stuff and then just whip out a whole nother uh, book of <laughs> plays coming yeah. up in the next uh, five games or so. I feel like he just was like, I'm just going to hide these for now and then mm-hmm. keep everyone on their toes. And, and he did. He kept everyone on their toes. Minnesota was thrown. You could tell. Yeah. So looking at this from the top down, besides it just being a really good victory for Illinois, it keeps them in the rankings for another week. We'll see how far they climb from number 24 in the nation. It improves them to 6-1, bull eligible. They got their sixth win for the first time since 2019. This record matches their best start since 2011 when they also started 6-1. Uh, that year they did it a little bit differently, though. They started 6-0 and and then lost six straight. Uh, and then uh, won the bowl game, though. So there was a positive at the end of the year. Uh, a lot of fans, I am sure, sure will be disappointed if that is the case with this year, uh, but just had to bring that up uh, so people didn't get any misconceptions about 2011. More importantly, they moved to 3-1 and one in conference, really one drive, one play away from being 4-0 and oh in conference and being undefeated at this point. But 3-1, and one, does give them at least a share of the lead in the Big Ten West, depending on what Nebraska and Purdue do today. And they play each other. So one of them will be tied with Illinois. We're not sure at the time of recording this who that will be, but one of Purdue and Nebraska will be 3-1 and up there with them. Not only are they tied for the lead, I would say you get your, I don't know if I would say toughest this year, but I would say your three most important divisional opponents out of the way already and you can mark them down as W's. Wisconsin and Iowa both have won the division previously. Minnesota, I would say, until their last two games, looked to be the favorite in the division. You mark all those downs as wins now, and that game against Purdue in Champaign in mid-November certainly becomes, I believe, the division championship game. Oh, definitely. I think that, you know, that that little stretch right that they had with Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota was going to be their three probably hardest games for a while. Well, and I, then people going into that were like, yeah. "Win one, great. That's not well. That's not awesome, but you know, yeah, I understand. Win two, that's incredible. Yeah, no one talked about winning all yeah. three of those games. Well, because now they have a bye and they face Nebraska with an interim coach. You know, I don't. They're a little iffy right now. Things are weird mm-hmm. for them. So, you know, then you go into that game. They, if they're playing like they're still playing, they should beat Nebraska. I would and say, then, yeah, you should beat thought. Nebraska at yeah. this point. And then your next toughest opponent will probably be like Michigan State or something. They're playing really well. They just beat Wisconsin in overtime. So I would say that's probably your next toughest one. But I feel like this stretch here, like you mentioned, people were just like, maybe win one. Mm-hmm. And that's if you can do not two, what happened. Great. Yeah. <laughs> they went out and won all three. Uh, I remember we were talking about this last bye week. Uh, Illinois had two of them this year because of the week zero game. Uh, everyone was just like, okay, you got four games. One of them Chattanooga. Okay, win that one. Go two and two in this stretch. That's pretty good. You should get to a bowl game because, Bryce, if you think about the beginning of the year, bowl game, believing that Illinois would go to a bowl game was kind of like the optimistic view to take on the season. Yeah. Personally, I, I thought they could. I didn't see it happening, though, simply because I thought they lost too much in the offseason. Now, and I've said this before, completely have moved the goalposts about what is possible for an Illinois team this season. Uh, six and one is just an unbelievable start to the year. It's not even like conceivable to at the beginning of the year to think that they could go six and one right off the jump. 
Uh, like you said, going into Nebraska, it's a game that they should win. They should beat Michigan State as well. I think they're kind of having a down year. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of their roster. Um, Mel Tucker is really into the transfer portal, um, and that can be a hit like it was last year, Michigan State going out and getting a, a big big six bowl win. Or it could be this year where none of them mesh and it's not working and – Hey, they'll Good be point. gone. They'll be gone next year because they're all one-year transfers. Yeah. Uh, the then that sets up after Michigan State for the Purdue game, which you know we have to see what Purdue does yeah. against Nebraska tonight. And who knows? Maybe October 29th, it's Nebraska and Illinois both three and one, and that turns into like a Big Ten West championship. Yeah. Uh, but Bryce, to even consider that Illinois could go to the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. For the first time ever, you know, and I get that they have not had the championship game. It's only been around for like a decade plus. Um, Big Ten has not always been divisions, uh, but Illinois never won it. They've never even gotten close to winning a division in, in the Big Ten. Now they are in the driver's seat to get it done. If they don't, you look back and think, ah, they shot themselves in the foot. If they do everything they're supposed to, they will win it. It's no, no longer in the hands of someone else. This is Illinois' division to lose at this point. Yeah, like if, like you said, if they lose, like they, they like they shot themselves in the foot. Because right now, if they're playing the way they are playing, I mean, they just held Minnesota to fourteen. Okay, yeah, that was the first time in the entire season that they have let off a touchdown at home. I mean, mm-hmm. that's impressive stat. They're six and one now. Um, that's crazy to think that they're doing that well. And just, I mean, also offensively, I was just looking at this. I mean, rushing, they're getting like close to the same amount of rushing yards as passing yards too. Mm -hmm. So like everything is clicking for them right now, as long as they don't peak or start choking and hopefully their injuries. I was a little nervous after, uh, I think Illinois fans probably were, I was like, Oh, I don't know how this game's going to go against Minnesota. If they have all these guys out, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been a different team a little bit. And with all these, these guys continuing to be on the field, it is a good Illinois team and it's, they could potentially do very well and be in Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, in who knows? I mean, that Michigan, at Michigan game, still left on the calendar um, the week before Thanksgiving. Going to be a very tough one. I think Michigan is a very good team this year. Uh, but I think you look at every other game on the remaining schedule as they should win that game. Like, yeah. And I know Purdue's going to be tough, but you should beat Nebraska. You should beat Michigan State. You should beat Northwestern. That would be 10-2 and two at the end of the year, it, it, or 9-3 and three if you do end up losing to Purdue. And who knows what happens else in, in the Big Ten West. But... What an incredible position for Illinois to be in at this point, exceeding any of our wildest expectations. But it does set up a really interesting game at Nebraska. Illinois has done well against the Cornhuskers here of late. They've won two straight against Scott Frost's former squad. They had beat them when Scott Frost was still the head coach, but is Mickey Joseph in charge now? They have picked it up a bit. The reason that they're 2-1 in conference is because they've beaten Indiana and they've beaten Rutgers. Yeah. Not necessarily the most premier teams yes. in the conference. Uh, and their one loss is Northwestern, who I would I would argue is probably the worst team in the conference. Yeah. So Nebraska is still a little bit of a, a unknown commodity there. Yeah. Um, so that will be a really interesting one. Like we said, th- there's a bye week, and then you go into Nebraska. And uh, j- imagining just the momentum that the coaching staff is feeling going into the bye week, being able to go on and recruit, Six and one, you're first in the division, like yeah. ranked. That's got to be nice. Bielma's for, for those guys be going out. Pretty there. happy. I thought he said in his 
post game that he's going to go out recruiting for the next four days. Like that's going to yeah. be a nice time for him. I oh, think this year it's going to be the most fun he's had recruiting. <laughs> I, I would say in a while. Uh, we still have plenty more coverage coming up uh, on this game tomorrow or whenever you listen to this, maybe today if you're listening on Sunday. The Sunday No Huddle with Robert Rosenthal will be posted in this feed as well. Bryce Bement had the conversation with Robert from IlliniBoard.com. You can look forward to that. You can also watch on WCIA.com. No weekly press conference on Monday. Usually we hear from Brett Bielma, so there will be no stream then. We will talk to him later in the week we'll take a nice little easy break maybe talk about some basketball in in the week off we had media day here recently we have some leftover sound from there that um we just haven't had time to to fill in yet so it's going to be catch-up time for for us here uh bryce any final thoughts as we close the the chapter on illinois minnesota i guess just you know final thoughts that you know i think it's funny to think you know when we first sat around this table to do this podcast I don't think any of us expected this. I don't think Atlanta fans expected this. Um, it just, I think it's just funny to like look back five to six games ago and when we were sitting here and we're like, oh, like, I don't know. They might be, might be two and three by the first yeah. three games. And now it's like, wow. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a wow to me where it's like, who would have thought? No one. Yeah. No one would have thought. And, and, you know, I they said after the game that, a bowl game is not the final goal for this yeah. team. They clearly believe in themselves. Uh, and for us, it'll be interesting to watch from the outside just how far they can push it because there's a difference between a 6-6 six and six bowl game and like a 9-3 and three bowl mm-hmm. game. Could they make it to the Rose Bowl? I don't know at this point. Everything is on the table for Illinois, and, and that is an incredible thing to say at, at this point of the season. We are, appreciate you joining us for this debrief of Illinois, Minnesota. It was definitely a fun one. You can watch Brett Bielema's full postgame press conference on our social media platforms right now, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you happen to be watching our streams. Uh, he had some interesting comments at the end of that one, so I would highly <laughs> suggest uh, going to hear what he has to say. All right, so the bye week coming up. We will catch you uh, after the next game. That's in two weeks. Uh, Nebraska should be an interesting one. For Bryce, I'm Andy. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you after the next one.